Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, a true labor of love. Habitat for Humanity has launched their fall build projects, giving two more families a place to call home thanks to the generous hands-on help of the community. Plus, the preseason poll finds all the usual suspects at the top of the college football rankings, but who will be the surprise team that no one sees coming? ESPN analyst Marcus Spears weighs in. And the new season of Top Notch Shows begins in September at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Heather Clough will be here to tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, August 28, 2023. So are you a little hungover from the weekend? Do you uh, do some partying over the weekend? Have a little too much fun at some point? This may interest you. Uh, the alcohol czar of the U.S. Did you know that we have an alcohol czar? Well, apparently we have one. And uh, President Biden's alcohol czar says that Americans may soon be told by officials to have no more than two beers a week. This is a report from Fox News. Now, this would not be a law. This would be guidance from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Uh, the director of that agency, George Koob, said last week that the U.S. may follow Canada's uh, lead on alcohol guidelines. Currently, the American guidelines on alcohol consumption, recommend that men limit themselves to two drinks per day and women should have one drink per day maximum. The American recommendations, though, are up for review in 2025 and Canada's guidelines were recently updated to recommend only having two drinks per week. So in the U.S., the recommendation is two drinks per day maximum in Canada's two drink drinks per week maximum. Director Koob, who, by the way, says he partakes of a couple of glasses of wine a week, said he was watching the Canadian experiment with interest. Um, so stay tuned. We may get updated guidance in this country to have only two drinks per week. How do you think that's going to go over <laughs> in, in this country? I don't think that will be particularly well received. I'm just I'm just guessing. But again, these are guidelines. They're not not laws. They're not going to they're not going to uh, hold you to that. Give you a card where you get it stamped every time you have a drink and it's oh, you've had two a week. You can't have another one. That's uh, not be anything like that, but You know, we had uh, some pretty big storms uh, over the weekend, or over the uh, course of the past week. Not not over the weekend, but this past week, we had a couple of uh, evenings where storms rumbled through, and uh, we got some pretty vivid lightning, not just here, uh, many parts uh, around Ohio and around the Midwest. Um, But this is pretty extreme. I saw this story over the weekend of a Chinese man that survived being struck by lightning not once but twice over the span of five minutes twice in five minutes he was struck by lightning now that's <laughs> that's a bad day right there this actually happened a month ago Liu Nan was outside of his home during a storm when lightning struck him and then uh, struck him again a second time when he woke up He was taken to a hospital where he was found to have burns on his feet, waist, and backside, it says here. Fortunately, he's going to be okay. They expect him to fully recover. He considers himself lucky to be alive. I would think so. It says here the odds of someone being struck by lightning once in their lifetime are one in about 15,000. I can't imagine being struck twice in five minutes. I mean, what are the odds? Something like that. Wow. So I guess the moral of the story there, just be thankful, could have been those storms last week, could have been a whole lot worse. So, you, know. Um, you know, Labor Day weekend is coming up. It's the final big weekend of the summer season. I mean, summer continues past Labor Day technically, but 
for all intents and purposes, for most of us, the summer season ends Labor Day weekend. And for many, it is the final week to travel. If you are headed to the airport, don't forget your sunscreen. Um, Dermatologist Dr. Joyce Park recommends putting on sunscreen during your flight because, she says, the sun is more intense when you are higher in the sky. You have less of the atmosphere to filter out those dangerous rays, and the windows in the plane, while they do block UVB rays, they do not block the harmful UVA rays. So uh, Dr. Park says that uh, you should wear your sunscreen during your flight so as not to absorb those dangerous uh, rays. She also uh, suggested the pilots who are, you know, in those in the cockpit with the big windows uh, are exposed to as much UVA radiation as a 20 minute uh, 20 minute session in a tanning bed every single time they plot they fly and uh, they fly multiple uh, flights every day in most cases so to protect your skin apply sunscreen wear long sleeves and close the window shade that is and I think this presents a problem because you can't take sunscreen through the uh, you can't take sunscreen through security. They'll confiscate it. So you have to either buy it on the other side at exorbitant prices or you know, I guess I guess you're pretty much hosed. I guess where that's but that's interesting. Uh, wearing shade. It does make sense. I mean, everything she says makes sense. It is uh, more dangerous uh, the, the higher up you go. Uh, that's been scientifically proven. And if the plane windows don't... Uh, don't block the uh, harmful rays. Everything she says makes sense. It's just a, uh, that's going to be tough because they don't let sunscreen pass security. And I know that <laughs> from experience. I <laughs> I had that happen to me uh, one time. Uh, my bag, my carry-on got flagged and I had no idea why. And it turned out I had a uh, bottle of sunscreen in my, uh, in my bag. I completely forgotten about. So that's, they'll take it. <laughs> They'll make you throw it away. Uh, speaking of health, this is uh, kind of interesting. I tell you what, this may be uh, the the new miracle drug. I remember for decades they called aspirin the miracle drug because it had so many benefits. Uh, this may be the modern day miracle drug, Ozempic or Wegovy rebelsis. Uh, the generic name of this uh, drug that is sold under those brand names is semaglutide. Semaglutide? Is that how you pronounce it? Semaglutide? Um, recent headlines. Now, this is a diabetes medication. It helps control your, your blood sugar, uh, manage your uh, diabetes. But it has become very popular for its off-label weight loss benefits. And uh, there are a lot of headlines about people who are using, as a matter of fact, they're, uh, it's becoming so popular as a weight, dross, weight loss drug that is becoming hard to find for those who need it to manage their diabetes. Well, now uh, there is, uh, apparently, cardiologists have found another use for this drug that goes beyond diabetes, goes beyond vanity, Apparently, it can reverse the symptoms of heart failure. Not just manage them, but reverse the symptoms of heart failure. This is according to a study revealed at the annual meeting of the European Society of Cardiology in Amsterdam, which is the world's largest heart conference. Scientists involved in the study uh, say it's a game changer that can have a transformational impact for the roughly 65 million people who suffer from heart failure. Until now, treatment options were slim, but they have discovered that uh, Ozempic, Rebelsis, uh, these uh, diabetes-slash-weight-loss drugs have a benefit for heart failure patients. Is the miracle drug. The miracle drug. And you know that's only going to make it harder to, harder to get a hold of. For now, uh, it is not something that... Uh, they're, they're still studying it. It's not something that they can... Uh, 
actually prescribe, I don't think, but it does appear promising. And lastly this morning, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, a story to put a smile on your face. Did you hear about this? A heartwarming tale spanning multiple continents. We were talking about pilots just a moment ago. A pilot-turned-hero has orchestrated the reunion between a nine-year-old Texas girl and her beloved American Girl doll. Valentina Dominguez and her family were on a journey uh, from Bali to the United States. They had a layover in Tokyo. What they didn't realize until they got to the United States was that Valentina's cherished companion was accidentally left at the airport. Was it at the airport in Tokyo? It was at the airport in Tokyo, as I understand it. The doll. So the family's in the United States. The doll is in Tokyo. The distraught family launched a search effort involving the airline and social media appeals. Finally, the call for help was answered by James Dannon. He is a pilot for American Airlines who collaborated with Turkish Airlines, lost and found, in Tokyo. Turkish Airlines was the airline that they flew. He collaborated with their lost and found in Tokyo to track down Beatrice the doll. And sure enough, they found the doll at the Tokyo airport, and Mr. Uh, Dannon, uh, a pilot for American Airlines who regularly flies to Tokyo, the next time he was there, he picked up, uh, he picked up the doll, he picked up Beatrice, and brought her back to the U.S. to deliver it to Valentina. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that is just all kinds of awesome. Kudos uh, to that uh, to that pilot. That's a wonderful story. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly to mostly sunny skies expected today with a high in the mid-70s. Just a few clouds tonight, a low in the mid-50s. The Ohio State Highway Patrol, along with assistance from the Finley Police Department and Hancock County Sheriff's Office, conducted an OVI checkpoint on North Main Street in front of the University of Finley on Friday night. The Highway Patrol said more than 1,000 vehicles were checked from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., and during that time, there were two OVI arrests made. The checkpoint was held in conjunction with nearby saturation patrols. The Highway Patrol reminds motorists to always drive sober and never get behind the wheel of a vehicle if you've been drinking or consuming any type of drugs. A silent watch will be held in front of the Hancock County Courthouse in honor of a local veteran who took their life and to bring awareness to how many veterans suffer from PTSD and die by suicide. The event will be hosted by Alan Cramp Wealth Management in honor and memory of their friend Gavin Smith and his fellow fallen. We spoke with Rodney Cramp at last year's event and he was happy with the turnout. We've had more attendance than we anticipated and hopefully this get out there to, to the public more so they understand what's going on. 22 a day. The Silent Watch will be held on Thursday, September 7th in front of the Hancock County Courthouse. Give more details in the story on our website. The Ohio Ballot Board has approved language for a fall abortion rights measure that Democrats and the issue's backers are criticizing as inaccurate. Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights is considering litigation. Republican Secretary of State Frank LaRose, an abortion opponent, developed that language. It changes the word fetus to unborn child and suggests that the amendment would prohibit citizens from limiting abortion access when it would actually limit the government from doing so. The abortion measure will be called Issue 1 on the November ballot. A proposal to legalize recreational marijuana will be called Issue 2. Angela Ann, ONN News. Finley City Schools is reminding students and parents about a couple of upcoming days off. The school district says there will be no school for students on Friday for a teacher professional development day. And then, of course, there will be no school on Monday for Labor Day. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. So now our cover story this morning. Over the weekend, Habitat for Humanity launched their fall build projects, plural, 
giving two more families a place to call home thanks to generous hands-on help from the community. Executive Director Wendy McCormick is with us this morning. This is a true labor of love. Uh, I mean, this is the very definition of this. It is. Good morning. Uh, yeah, what a beautiful day we had Saturday to kick off two more homes for families. And and uh, uh, the Bennington family and Lowry family were out there raising those walls with the community. So this has actually become a thing. I mean, I remember it wasn't all that long ago doing two at once was uh, something of a rarity. And now it seems like uh, that's the that's the standard thing. Here's another double home build at the same time. Well, I can say I think we figured it out. <laughs> we uh, uh, are blessed uh, that we have uh, community support to be able to do this. Uh, we know there's such a great need. Uh, at least 250 homes were short for families making around $35,000 a year. So uh, our goal is to try and uh, one family at a time to make a dent on that gap. Uh, and so building side by side creates a lot of efficiencies. It creates uh, the opportunity for if one home gets a little behind, the, you know, volunteers can help on both homes. Uh, we can have all our tools staged in one area. It just really works for us. And, and uh, we, like I said, I think we've figured it out. Now, these two home builds uh, are happening on, what, Quarry Street? Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, beautiful spot uh, right off from the university on the corner of North Quarry and Defiance. And uh, the family's homes overlook Swale Park, and and uh, we have a six-year-old and a three-year-old that are looking forward to many many years of playing over in the park. That's awesome. Um, so this actually brings up a question, and I I don't know that we've ever really talked about this. Um, how how do you select the the properties, the locations? Uh, to build these homes, I mean, what is the process of deciding, or you know, how do you come up, come upon these properties? Well, sure. Well, actually, land is our biggest barrier to serving more families, mm-hmm. uh, and we are always searching. We actually have a realtor on our board uh, who is constantly uh, asking, and so uh, we are just always searching. Uh, we search for something that will hold our home. It's a modest home, eleven hundred square foot. Uh, where the zoning is close to what we need. And then, of course, we work with the city zoning and planning committee if some modifications need made. Uh, and then uh, based on uh, neighborhood, family, uh, work, you know, we really try to make everything align as best as we can with what families we have in the pipeline. Uh, it doesn't always be a perfect match, but uh, if, if we could uh, get a track of land, I know that we would go right to work. Now, because I, it strikes me that uh, in, in many cases, and this isn't always the case, but, but quite often, uh, these uh, actually are built in homes that are in need of some revitalization. And do you, do you look at this as an opportunity not just to help the families, but help the community in that way by maybe spurring some revitalization in, in parts uh, of town that uh, could, could use it? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, the lot we're building on was a blighted home that was torn down, uh, and then we were able to acquire it at auction. Uh, so uh, our infill properties have been a real asset to different neighborhoods. Uh, we took a home in the midst of COVID uh, that was actually had a lot of criminal activity at it, hmm. and we now have our largest family of nine living in that home, and, yeah. and just really uh, spurred on, like you said, some revitalization in the community. And so when when uh, neighbors and homeowners see us come in and start to work, they're like, "Well." I guess I could work on my front yard, or I guess I could do that repair. So mm-hmm. I think we're a motivator when, when we come in and really put a beautiful new home in or revitalize. Um, we have done three complete rehab projects uh, where we've taken blighted homes and actually converted them into beautiful new homes for families. Yeah, uh, so this, uh, in so many different ways, is such a benefit for the community. As you mentioned, obviously, primarily, it is to help those who are in need of housing secure homes and set down roots in the community, uh, but also you know, benefiting the community in all these other ancillary ways. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, our, our families become very vested in their neighborhood and their community and uh, are very engaged. And we just know the benefits of homeownership, mm-hmm. which not only benefit the family, but everyone around. You know, uh, families are, are more stable. They're able to take care of themselves. Uh, they're able to handle life on life's terms as it happens. You know, many of our, our families are paying rent that's absorbing more than 50% of their income. And that just doesn't leave a lot of room for when life does happen. Right. And so by getting them into an affordable mortgage where they're stable, where they don't have to worry about, uh, you know, any, uh, um, concerns for the future, uh, beyond, you know, having a safe place to lay their head each night, uh, kids do better in school, their health improves. I mean, all around, it's just better for the community. And not to mention, it is a wonderful way of bringing people together to help with the construction of these homes. And I know uh, the the two homes that are going up this fall, that are going up now, um, one is a marathon build, right? Correct. Uh, Marathon's been a long-term partner with us since 2006. Uh, basically home number six. So they, uh, besides putting the roof on and raising the roof, uh, tremendous donors, uh, but their volunteer army is amazing. <laughs> and uh, this is their first all-home build. They've always been on all our projects, but for them to actually adopt a family and adopt the home, uh, the excitement had been building for months. And when they opened the sign-up, the sign-up filled up in 10 minutes. That's awesome. And that's 300 people that said yes. And so it's just overwhelming. And we had such a good turnout uh, uh, on Saturday. And uh, to have the leadership there, as well as just everyone from the community, uh, we just can't thank them enough for, you know, believing in this family and believing in Habitat. And we know they're invested in community, but this is this is really putting their money and their time and their energy right back into the community. The other uh, home build that's going on simultaneously is what's called an Apostle Build, which is a collaboration of local churches. We do. Uh, we do this project every three years. Uh, it's a significant investment from our local churches uh, to help do one-twelfth of the home cost, as well as provide the volunteer labor. And we are so blessed to have so many regular partners that just come back for every single Apostle Build. The first Apostle Build was the house number 12 in 2007, and so uh, this project has been going on for years. Uh, we have uh, 14 congregations that have come together and adopted a day, and I'm telling you, construction couldn't be happier because that church lady food is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting fed well, and the, and they also and, are bringing out over 300 volunteers to build the home. And I would imagine that's another bonus of uh, building two homes at once, because I'm guessing that some of the uh, marathon folks are sneaking over and getting some of that that food as well. <laughs> well, uh, all are welcome. Uh, even the neighborhood is welcome <laughs> to come over and join us for lunch, because believe me, there's plenty. That's Awesome stuff. So when you uh, drive by on uh, on Corey uh, there, Corey uh, near Defiance, you're going to see the uh, the homes being built. Those are the latest uh, Habitat uh, build projects, the uh, fall build projects from Habitat for Humanity. Uh, we've got a link up on our webpage for more information about uh, what Habitat does for the community, for these uh, wonderful families, and uh, how you can be a part of it. Wendy McCormick, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a blessed day. Thank you to the community, too. High school football already underway in Ohio. College and the NFL to follow soon. We always like to get an insider's perspective ahead of the season. We are joined by former LSU Tiger, Dallas Cowboy, and Baltimore Raven, current analyst Marcus Spears. Marcus, I also understand you were just appointed Chief Fry Officer for Louisiana Fish Fry Products. What does that involve? Yes, sir. First of all, it's the greatest honor ever bestowed upon me. Let's get that out of the <laughs> Nah, man, it's uh, Louisiana Fish Fry Products is something that I've had my entire life. Um, my family, I'm, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, so very familiar. Yeah. And uh, they, they, uh, they appointed me Chief Fry Officer because... Because I cook and I like to eat. And if anybody has ever seen me, they know I like to eat. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, just bringing some flavor and spice to people's lives and, and, and merging those 
that football and food together like we do all the time in Louisiana. That is awesome. So what is your favorite go-to food on game day? Oh, it's chicken, man. It's chicken. And and we we have a plethora of things that you can do to fry. We got chicken tenders, chicken sandwich, but for me, it's the spicy chicken wings because you can make them in bulk and a lot of people can eat and you don't have to leave. At home is a big thing. Like on those Saturdays when you're watching college football and on Sundays when you're watching the NFL games, not having to leave and miss something. So we want to create something easy for you to be able to do at home with the, the, the chicken product. And we have a chicken fry. And I'm telling you right now, man, it is phenomenal. I have stamped it. I have approved it. It has your stamp I, of approval. There we go. Yeah. More importantly, <laughs> I've eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because you got to try it. And then you have some uh, some favorite sides to go uh, with that uh, delicious fried chicken. Yeah, man. Potato salad and also uh, French fries is usually the go-to. Uh, that's something that we do is near and dear to our heart. So having both of those things available with whatever chicken product you decide to cook and then throw a spicy Cajun margarita in there as well. Mm. You got to have a drink and wash it down when you're enjoying the game and having these great conversations. So those are the three things that I would go to on the side. But, you know, you can pick and pull and decide what you want to do for you and your friends and family. You really can't go wrong. Let's talk a little bit of football here. Uh, Georgia, the consensus preseason number one. Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, and your LSU Tigers, the rest of the preseason top five. But every year, seems like there is this team that comes out of nowhere, starts unranked or poorly ranked, and then just surprises everyone. What is that team this year? Um, if I, I'd be lying to you if I, if I knew for sure, but we'll see what happens in Florida State LSU. That's going to hmm. be an interesting one to me, uh, the first game of the season, because you know, now sometimes you can't take much away from the first week because teams are still getting they right. getting their feet uh, in the sand and, and trying to figure out who they are as a team. Florida State is one to watch, and then Texas. Um, at some point, the University of Texas and that talent is going to have to come to fruition, and we'll see uh, with that team what happens. But you know, with 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 the possibility of a healthy Quinn here. Uh, yours, who mm-hmm. I think is a very good quarterback. Uh, Texas may have something to say uh, this year when it comes to the big picture. So we'll see. We'll see what Steve Sarkeesian does with this roster. But those are two couple, teams that come to mind for me. A couple of teams to uh, watch. In the NFL, I have to ask if this is the year that your fellow LSU Tiger, Joe Burrow, gets it done in Cincinnati. Man, look, I want to see Joe win a Super Bowl very, very badly because, one, he's had the opportunity to go, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it was heartbreaking. Um, but I don't bet against Patrick Mahomes until Patrick Mahomes is done playing football, whether that be <laughs> whether that be in the playoffs or whether that be at the Super Bowl. So, you know, I'm going to be boring and, and take the Chiefs right now, <laughs> but they have a lot. They have a lot to fight through this year in this AFC. But Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, uh, I believe, are obviously going to be one of those teams that will be there. And like Joe said when he was asked by a reporter, uh, what is the Super Bowl window? And Joe said, as long as I'm here. So I'm going to believe him because he's done everything he said he was going to do. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The the guy just delivers. Uh, again, uh, Marcus Spears with us uh, this morning talking uh, college and NFL football and all of the food that goes along with it. Where do we get uh, more information? you got a lot of great stuff, recipes and all of that. Yeah, man, you can check in at LouisianaFishFry.com. We got recipes. We got uh, all kind of information for you to be able to enjoy our products. And then your local grocer, uh, the grocery store or store, as we call it down in the South. So <laughs> you, uh, you, you can, you can find everything you need to find, but look for that red and yellow chicken fry box. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. We will link it up on our webpage as well. Marcus, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. All right, my man, you take care and be well. Happy season. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Let me tell you, these porch pirates are getting really, really bold, really brazen. In Chesterfield County, Virginia, a woman had a package stolen while the delivery driver was bringing it to her front door. They didn't even wait for it to get to the porch. And they swiped it. According to uh, local news reports out of uh, Chesterfield County, 
uh, Virginia. Jessica Signs was working from home uh, the morning of Thursday, August 24th. So Thursday last week when she heard a knock at her door. Uh, she was actually in a, a virtual meeting, uh, but the FedEx lady started pounding on the door really, really hard. So she excused herself to uh, check and see what was going on. The delivery driver told Ms. Signs that the package she was delivering, which, by the way, was an iPad that her husband had ordered, had been stolen right out of her hand. Sure enough, she checked her doorbell security camera, and she saw what happened. A man who reportedly told the driver he lived at the home, walked up, uh, took the package from her hands, and then ran off and uh, drove away in a white BMW. <laughs> the porch piracy must be paying off. White BMW. Uh, Johnny Eubanks, uh, Ms. Sign's neighbor, said he saw the incident as well while he was walking his dog. It's kind of crazy. I've never seen anything like that before. Usually, people are more sneaky about it, Mr. Eubanks said. But these days, I guess people are getting desperate. Or just getting bold. That's crazy. It was stolen right out of her hand. The porch pirates aren't even waiting until it gets to the porch. What is this world coming to? Man. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, speaking of uh, deliveries, a pizza delivery driver uh, shared online a rather unique tip that she received the other day. Uh, She apparently made a delivery to a motel room, and as the guy was signing the credit card slip, the delivery driver noticed his pet cat. Uh, she said, I love animals. The delivery driver said, I love animals. So I always get really uh, excited, you know, when you see an animal. Uh, she said, oh, my goodness, your cat is so adorable. And at that point, the customer opened the door wider to reveal that he had a litter of like a dozen kittens. <laughs> the delivery driver picked one up and he said, well, that can be your tip. <laughs> She got a cat as a tip. Uh, She named the feline Tipsy, appropriately enough, and she has already taken her tip to the vet for a checkup. She's doing fine, (laughs) and she's she's all right with it. One of the most uh, unusual tips you'll ever get as a delivery driver. Elsewhere in the broken news... Fortunately, everyone is okay after a hot air balloon made an emergency landing on a freeway median in Vermont. Did you see? There is video of this. Authorities say the pilot earned high marks for safety, setting the balloon down right in between the northbound and southbound lanes of uh, uh, Interstate 91 after the aircraft stalled in mid-flight. Pilot's Pilot Chris Ritland and his four passengers were in good shape after he set the balloon down as it was getting dark. The uh, fire department at Hartford, Vermont, said the pilot really had no other choice but to land wherever he could. And Boy, that could have been... Can you imagine driving by on the highway and here comes a, a hot air balloon sitting down on the highway? I don't... I don't know if it held up traffic because, you know, the balloon then would have deflated. And I don't know if it fell across the highway or what, but that could have ended very badly for all involved. Uh, Let's see. Always have to have a story from Florida. And this from Longwood, which is just north of Orlando by about 15 miles. A chaotic altercation unfolded at a local restaurant, resulting in the arrest of five individuals. whole thing took place Saturday night at Papa B's. According to local news reports, the conflict arose when the restaurant's restroom suffered repeated toilet paper clogs. The situation escalated when the staff informed the guilty parties about the damage and requested that they just settle their bill and leave. Apparently, the patrons became angered by this seemingly reasonable request 
and became aggressive. One struck a supervisor in the face. The whole thing then escalated to punches being thrown, people being kicked, objects being thrown about the restaurant. Police were called and apprehended five suspects, all between the ages of 18 and 26. They were charged with battery, with disorderly conduct, and as a result of the toilet paper clogs in the restroom, account of criminal mischief. <laughs> so they slapped them with a the charge, and all they had to do was pay and leave. That's all they wanted. Now they're in jail and facing charges. Serves you right. Um, this may be the most unusual theft that we've had in quite some time. We've had some unusual thefts in the broken news, but this one... Uh, this happened in suburban D.C., Fairfax County, Virginia, where a man is accused of uh, creating some excitement at a local McDonald's restaurant this past Tuesday morning. Uh, happened around 8 a.m. The suspect strutted in and grabbed an undisclosed amount of cash, promptly fled, fled the scene in a Ford SUV, according to the police department, what they got from witnesses. What makes this unusual is that security footage reveals a man in his late 20s to early 30s wearing a black cowboy hat with not one, not two, but three parrot sidekicks in tow. <laughs> and a black cowboy hat with three parrots uh, on his uh, shoulder, well, I think one on each shoulder and the one on, one on the hat. Three parrots. He came in to rob the place. The uh, the daring thief um, got away, but police are asking any witnesses who may have more information to go ahead and squawk on the thief. Squawk. Get it? Parrots. I don't think the parrots will be charged. I think they are innocent bystanders in this whole thing. I don't think they will be charged. But that's, I mean, if you're going to rob someplace, wouldn't you want to be uh, more inconspicuous than that? Three parrots! So, all right. And finally, in the broken news this morning, this is a follow-up to a story that we had a long time ago. I didn't even realize this was still a thing, but apparently this is a story that is just now, a situation that is just now getting resolved. A group of topless dancers in North Hollywood are finally back at work for the first time since unionizing. Do you remember this story? It was like a year and a half, two years ago. The Star Garden Topless Dive Bar reopened last week after a long shutdown caused by a labor dispute that ended with the women becoming the first unionized strippers in America. I remember this story. It was like back before the pandemic. Uh, the strippers first walked off the job. It says here a year and a half ago, but I'm thinking this was longer than that. Uh, they are now back on the job as members of the Actors' Equity Association Labor Union. That's not the uh, labor union that is striking. They're not uh, sag after it. <laughs> the Actors' Equity Association. So they're not among the striking uh, <clears throat> actors. But uh, they are finally back on the job. So at least uh, in Southern California, that's not one more issue of labor unrest. At least that one's been settled. That's... We can all breathe easier. <laughs> there you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Get set for another season of Ohio State football on WFIN. Beats Mayan Williams busting right side to the Indiana 40 to the 30 of the Hoosiers. Williams racing to the 10 and into the end zone goes Mayan Williams on a 48-yard touchdown run. The Buckeyes open the season this Saturday at Indiana. Airtime is 2 p.m. Follow Ohio State football all season long on 1330 WFIN. WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. 
Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. When you watch TV, uh, do you turn on the, the closed captioning uh, on the uh, on the programs that you watch? Um, I, I, I do that when, if, my, if I'm watching like at, at bedtime and my wife is trying to sleep, I'll turn the volume way down, I'll turn the closed captioning on just in case I miss some of the dialogue. Or uh, if, uh, if we're vacuuming, you know, we've got the... <laughs> We got the robot vacuum going, and it's making kind of, you know a bunch of racket. Uh, I'll turn the closed captioning on so I don't have to jack the TV up to full volume, you know. Um, but other than that, generally I don't turn the and, and closed captioning obviously is is designed for the hard of hearing. But younger adults, as it turns out, prefer subtitles, and it's not necessarily because of any underlying hearing issues. A recent survey finds that millennials and Gen Zers watch TV with subtitles on 63% of the time. Now, of all of the different ways that millennials and Gen Zers do things differently than us older folks generally do them, um, this may be one of the most surprising that I've seen. I've seen a lot of surveys by the way uh, younger generations uh, do things that leave me kind of scratching my head because I am not of that generation and you know my generation gap is showing. But this is one that really surprised me. Millennials and Gen Zers watch TV with subtitles on 63% of the time. Now, only 7% of adults in this age group have difficulty hearing. So it is not because of a hearing issue. Um, adults 65 and older use subtitles only 30% of the time. And they are much more likely to have hearing issues, but less likely to use subtitles. Uh, 22-year-old Sierra Sanchez, when asked by the folks who were doing this survey, and I, I don't know who commissioned the survey, but uh, they asked why. Why do you, if it's not for... You know, because you're hard of hearing, why is it that you uh, turn on the subtitles? 22-year-old Sierra Sanchez says it keeps my attention better. I tend to have a short attention span, being part of the TikTok generation, as she puts it. Um, So this is a way of holding my attention. I don't know. Um... Instead of, and for this generation, I thought this was kind of interesting, instead of being seen as an extra feature, uh, younger adults see this as an expected service. Uh, It's just one more service. And I'm wondering if part of that is because in many online videos I've noticed, they turn the closed captioning on by default, you actually, instead of having to go in and physically turning them on, you have to go in and physically turn them off. The default is for the closed captions to be on, and so turning them on on your TV uh, just makes sense, I guess, for this generation. But I, it was really uh, interesting and certainly not what you would necessarily expect. So right around the corner, we'll be heading into a new month of September, and that means the new season of top-notch entertainment begins. The Marathon Center for the Performing Arts and Heather Clough is with us once again with a preview. Heather, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Before we get to uh, that, uh, always want to start with the uh, the new uh, displays in the uh, at the Fisherwall uh, Art Gallery, yes. and uh, you've got a collection of still lifes. We do, and originally that was supposed to go the, away this week, but it's been extended because okay. it's so popular. Okay. So it'll be there through September eighth. Okay. Um, and it's a Toledo artist. His name is Steve Mockensturm. Um, mm-hmm. Several have already sold. So if you want to, you might buy one. You so should you come can actually, soon. There, some of those are for sale? Yes. Some of those pieces yep. are for Sometimes sale? Sometimes our, our, our exhibits are not, mm-hmm. but this time they are. 
Very cool. So, uh, and again, that's open all, all the time. Anytime the Marathon Center is open. Right. Anytime the building's open, you can come and check it out before shows, over your lunch break, anytime. And, and that's on the uh, second floor. The top the floor, top yeah. Floor. I always forget which number, but yes, yeah. the very top floor. <laughs> very top. <laughs> At the balcony the level. Go to the, the, the <laughs> highest number you can go. I and think it is two. Turn left. Uh, <laughs> exactly, it's, yeah. It's right there. Uh, also, uh, food trucks are wrapping up, right? Is well, this, this is the one? last one. This okay. will be the last official one. We may have some trucks drop by from time to time but Who knows? yeah september 5th is our last one okay so that is right around the corner as well you also have and this is great for anyone who as the kids go back to school what do do the littlest ones uh you've got uh, fall music classes for we the little do, ones starting. for like preschool two to age two to six mm-hmm. yeah they're going to be in our our building you can come and learn how to sing and dance and play and Making have a music. good time yeah awesome. i'm looking forward to seeing this. this is the first time we've done it uh so and and to for that do the folks need to register or yes what's yep, the you can process? register on our website okay um, you just sign up and there's i don't remember how many classes there are but it's weekly for a little bit okay uh so that information is on the website now talk about uh, the uh, performances the uh, new season of shows begins in the month of september and again it kicking it off with a bang with marie osmond marie osmond on the 20th second yeah and our uh, brochure just went out so tickets have really picked up for that one <laughs> there are still some tickets available there are yes. including a handful of vip seats i think just I a think. few yeah. yeah yep those are selling pretty quickly so that includes what in in the vip you get to, co- you get to come to the sound check oh which is that's pretty cool yeah. yeah i don't think we've ever offered that before but you get to come in early and watch your sound check and she'll chat with everybody and then you can go out and grab a drink and then we'll re- open the house and you can come back in for the show that will be really really fun so uh again those tickets uh, again a handful of those are still available but right. seats are still available seats are still available in yes. all sections yes uh for that show and that as you mentioned is september 22nd it is also worth mentioning that's the last uh opportunity to buy the full season right? it is and get that full discount right yeah. because you wouldn't i mean it wouldn't be worth it to buy it after <laughs> <laughs> right makes sense but uh again there are uh, some significant discounts uh, for buying the yeah, whole 20% season 20 percent if you buy all the main stage shows and the family shows okay. all at the same time but 15 percent if you buy all five main stage shows okay uh so the first of those is marie osmond on september the 22nd you want to get those uh tickets how would you uh uh, classify the uh, ticket sales for the for the season thus far. Uh, they're you know, going, now just a few weeks away from the start. Yeah, they're going very well, and I think the most exciting thing for me is that they're all selling well. Mm-hmm. So last year, I mean, they all sold well, but Johnny Mathis was far and away the uh, you know right. above everybody else, and mm-hmm. we had a show that was really lagging behind. And this year, they're all just selling yeah. very solidly. Uh, so if you had the idea of getting season tickets, um, the deadline is the twenty second, but that assumes right. that they're not going to be sold out. By right? That yeah, exactly. <laughs> that point, so. I would love to be sold out by the twenty second. <laughs> Maybe sooner rather than later. You want to uh, check that out. Uh, there are some other shows that are coming up in the uh, month of September. As yeah, well. we have a couple of rental shows coming up. Um, we have Modern Warrior Live. That's going to be on uh, September 8th and that's a, a vet. We're working with the Veterans Administration on that. Okay. Um, and it's a personal account of a veteran's time in Afghanistan with music. Mm. Very moving. Um, afterwards there's going to be like a panel discussion so about mental health and it's a really important show mm. that we're bringing in. Yeah, that and, uh, is right around the corner. That's what is, sub- the next, next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Yeah, okay. that's coming right up. So uh, that is definitely worth uh, checking out. You've got uh, what a couple of one uh, arms, live at arms series we do yeah the barefoot movement is coming on the 21st the night before it's funny i'm at a conference at the earlier in the week i come back for a live at arm show on our main stage show <laughs> <laughs> so uh so talk about uh, this uh group because again live at arms uh some terrific uh performances from artists that maybe are more unfamiliar right so i always say it's the best music you've never heard of before yeah um they're all in what i would call the americana genre so folk uh blues roots Mm -hmm. music they're definitely on the folkier side it's it's a duo of a man and a woman and i saw them at the folk alliance conference that i go to every year okay they're fantastic uh and again perfect uh the perfect kind of show for the intimate setting that the Live at Arms series It is, provides. and we just revealed new set dressing, so it's all mid-century modern feel in there now, okay. which is fun. We did all that right. on our August show. 
Um, and if you came to the August show and haven't bought tickets to the rest of the Live at Arms season, we're going to honor that um, discount. Okay. So if you buy the rest of them before Barefoot Movement, you can get that discount. Okay, and uh, that actually is the 21st, 21st. For, uh, so the day before uh, Marie Osmond. And yeah. uh, let's see here, um, There's there are, other, there are a couple of other shows uh, coming up? Yeah, we have um, Robbie Heck, who is a local musician coming. He's doing a okay. gospel show. Okay. Yeah, um, and we have, of course, some uh, University of Finley things we're selling for, yeah. and we have our online book series yeah. that we do yes. so we've got a lot going things on. are really uh picking up at the uh, marathon center and by the way i uh, should mention and this is actually uh early october so we'll talk more about it uh when we get closer uh the uh spongebob uh musical uh the youth theater production yes. of the spongebob musical is which i think that one uh actually kind of caught my eye and it chuckled because spongebob was uh the show the broadway show that got canceled uh yeah. because of covid yep so. it was so we're finally getting spongebob <laughs> on our stage <laughs> so it may be a little bit different with yeah. the new theater kids but it'll still but be they a lot are of fun. rehearsing their hearts out they those kids rehearse like four days a week well a lot of extra added pressure because you know we didn't That's get right the, the big we're expecting the broadway tour exactly so this will be the uh, the make good for that that's right uh, if you will. so best of luck to the youth theater kids and that's another thing uh, you know again we, we talked about the uh the classes for the little ones we've got youth theater yes. a lot of what you do uh surrounding education and that kind of thing yeah young people into exactly the- we have our art clubs our visual art club starting back up our mm-hmm. youth theater club after school club starting back up we have a lot of kids in there a, a yeah. often and, yeah. it, and it's it's fun and we have our spark series which is our our bus in matinees for mm-hmm. students yeah and those is. are we're coming those are we have four of those this year and those are on sale so yeah we try to get kids in there as much as possible because the arts are important exactly and uh this is stuff that they don't always get exposed to in class obviously uh school cutbacks and so on yes. sometimes these are the first things that get cut so this is maybe the the only exposure they get to some of it this is stuff. we often get kids coming to the spark series who have never seen a live performance before mm. and to watch their faces as they walk in and see the beautiful venue and then realize the people on stage aren't on a screen that they're real people it's yeah. exciting to see yeah uh so when we talk about all of the uh, shows and the big performances and the stuff that we're really excited about like marie osmond coming in and all of that that's great but you know really the the stuff a lot of the stuff that happens behind the scenes is maybe the more substantial stuff. Absolutely. You know, and when people ask me what MCPA is, I always say it's a community performing arts center. The yeah. community comes first in everything we do, whether that's Marie Osmond or SpongeBob with kids. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a link up on our webpage for more information about everything going on at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts uh, upcoming in the month of September. And again, Heather Clough, thanks very much for dropping by. We Thank you. It. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, as students head back to class, the Children's Mentoring Connection is looking for dedicated volunteers for their school-based mentoring programs. With just a little time, you can make a big difference. We'll have details. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.